Hi, gorgeous. Okay, so I'm recording this because I need a friend night now. <laughs> so here are all of my friends. I had an emotional moment this morning. Um, I just finished watching a training video to kind of get the emotion out. And before I even tell you what happened this morning, I have two little mini notes to myself, little training notes. The goddess isn't a person. It's um, she's an element. And then the second training note is that a woman's hips move differently. So just kind of verbally writing that down for myself real quick. So this morning I was door dashing and my last dash was at the University of St. Augustine Health Sciences. And I never realized that there were two University of St. Augustine Health Sciences Colleges. Um, one of them is in Florida. That's the one that I had my interview at. And the other one is actually here <laughs> um, in California. So I'm all in the other side of the country. Um, and it's so crazy because I had completely forgotten about how just, I think like that aspect of myself and being on that campus and seeing those people that look exactly just like me. So I never really talk about this, but my background is I have a bachelor's in exercise science. Um, so, you know, exercise science, like kinesiology, health sciences, like there tends to be a look, just like every major has a look. You can usually tell the teachers, the accountants, the like attorneys, you can usually tell, you know, when you're in college, you can tell like what each group was. And exercise science also had that look. And it looked like this campus literally just people just like me. You can see that they're on their like upper graduate studies. So it's not like college was the next level and nerdy, but like the healthy nerdy, not that nerds aren't healthy, you know what I'm trying to say, but it's literally, you can tell people, it's about people who are into like muscles and anatomy and science, um, which I am. And that's kind of why throughout the episodes, you can to some extent hear that background coming through because I don't even think there's a way for me to hide it. Um, I mean, I do talk more laundry, like, so maybe, so maybe this is something new that you're kind of learning about me. So uh, a while ago, I had an interview at the University of St. Augustine um, for their orthopedic physician's assistant program. And I actually got in, so I was accepted and it was not kind of, it was a sad story because I couldn't afford to go. And so I had to pull out and I literally, I applied to every scholarship you could find public and private. I wrote every essay. I'm a fast reader. So I would read these books like super, super fast too. I probably shouldn't even say this on a podcast, but literally I was doing this at work. <laughs> I had a, um, kind of desk job, not really, but kind of desk job. And whenever it was slow at work, 
like all my coworkers know, knew there was Jasmine. She's writing her scholarships. She's writing her essays. And I would literally, it was a night shift job. So I would be writing these essays one, two, three o'clock in the morning. And um, I had other girlfriends that were great at like editing and reviewing it. And I think my dad edited and reviewed some of them as well, my essays and my writings. And I literally did everything I could do to, to come up with this money um, to get this, to get into this program at the end of it, I wasn't, I was unable to go, but it's interesting because this degree, the orthopedic physician's assistant was actually something that they were bringing back. And then they're bringing it back because it's a position that in a way had been erased from history. And it's, and I like the idea, like it kind of came with the freedom of that. Like, yes, the physician's assistant is underneath the doctor, but when you're in a doctor setting, so I spent seven years, I think it was seven years, maybe a little bit more, at a sports medicine physical therapy clinic. And one thing I noticed um, was just, at least the outside perspective of it, this one was actually partnered with the Ravens, who's the only think she's the only female doctor in the NFL with or only she's the orthopedic surgeon. So, but one thing I noticed is kind of like the freedom. Um, so we got pretty close with their team and their physician's assistant seemed super, super, super cool. And I was like, it's pretty cool. Cause he has this kind of anatomy, an, anatomy and how do you spell the word? I'm trying to say autonomy is the word I'm trying to say autonomy with it. And um, I like the whole idea that had the sports medicine behind it. And so the field of orthopedic sports medicine really drew me in because it's something that I guess, I'm trying to remember the history of it because it's been so long, but it was really popular and there was a really pivotal to be attached in that setting. I knew, well, I don't want to do like physician's assistant for like a pain medicine type of set. I knew I wanted to be sports medicine specific. And um, I didn't even know they had a program like this. Is This is coming after, and don't worry, I am going somewhere with this. So even if like this health sciences aren't your thing, I promise you this is going to, I hope, be motivational are inspirational on a Monday. Um, but what was I saying? Mm-hmm. Okay, recentering real quick, Jess. So yeah, so this used to be a really like pivotal role. This really used to be something that people like relied on, were interested in, and with this orthopedic physician's, physician's assistant. And over time, it was erased from history, um, just like our bodies. And when I reached out to Carla, and my first email I wrote to her at the bottom of it, when I was like writing to the about the session um, booking, at the bottom of it, I wrote, I understand now why women aren't built like this anymore. And I was saying that in reference to all the changes that are happening to my body. 
but in essence, as strange and as otherworldly as these changes might be, and I didn't share all of them or go super deep into them. Um, there's even a, a whole section of it that I have never told anyone about, and I don't know if I ever will. But I'm realizing, and listen to the last episode, perhaps to give this one more context, but I'm realizing that the changes weren't really all that different. It's just that I'm literally feeling more of my body, and I can even explain some other things that are happening, just in terms of, Sigmund Freud called it libido, I call it lusciousness. So if our bodies are lingerie, then inside we have our lusciousness. And when a woman gets a certain age, certain changes are happening to her body. So, um, but mine are happening amplified, regardless of anything else, regardless of like anything you will ever read in the anatomy and physiology book. And that actually goes to my first goddess note, goddess train note that I said to myself at the beginning of this podcast is that women's hips move differently. So I just watched this training video kind of for inspiration on the back of it. Um, so the guy was doing everything perfect. Like all his reps are perfect. The foundation was perfect. His posture was perfect. Like everything was like set, 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 right? Well, for the woman, in the background working out. He wasn't training them. There's another woman training them, but it was very interesting because they were doing, I don't want to talk about people's training thing, but okay. I don't know how else to give the examples. So they were doing hip thrusting movements, like going into the bridge and then pushing out and that way get your abductors and they're coming back down and then you're going up, right? So you're going, so Here's the thing, the hip, around the same time that the hip thrust was developed, and for anyone who's not sure what it is, it's an exercise where essentially you have weight in your hips and you're thrusting up and down, and not to get too vulgar, but this is why this podcast is related explicitly anyway, like that's what sex is. So the guy that popularized it, um, Brett Contreras, and everyone that took on with it, it was originally a huge thing. It was a huge uproar, the idea that you can't lift with your hips. And I'm like, well, that's really what sex is. But I wasn't that attached to that aspect of the training world because the way I've trained has always been super different and super strange and weird. And I'm sure silly and people would talk about what I've done, I'm sure. Like it just wouldn't necessarily measure up in the way that other people normally train. And so I would always incorporate different like stripper movement and exotic exercise techniques and stuff into my training programs, along with the physical therapy background to things. So I came up with a version of what people now call the hip thrust, but I called it pelvic thrusters. I came up with it like before I even saw people call him the glute guy, but like I didn't even know he existed. I didn't see his stuff. Like this was something that I just created on my own. And then I learned about him later and he really took off. <laughs> Meanwhile, my training technique did not take off at all. <laughs> but um, so like people all around the, like the entire, not just via the world, but like literally all entire the world, they do his training movements, right? Here's the thing. Uh, 
woman's hips move completely differently than a man's hips. So a lot of times when I did my hip thrusters, my pelvic thruster motions, I did it with medicine balls and resistance bands because literally our hips move differently. Like just think about dancing, for example, our hips move differently. And unfortunately, because I've taken down my Instagram, there's not really an example of this other than inside my program of what I'm doing. And even in my program, it's, you can't, like I, I walk you through it, um, but it's but I base essentially the essence of it is that I do mine in a very different way, and it's the way that it's hard to capture on camera. However, however, if I'm ever like doing it with someone, and I'm walking through like what exactly to do, they're like, "Holy cow, this is different." <laughs> yeah, like it literally gets. It's a whole different training technique, right? But it's kind of like because it's been so popularized to do this, well, your hips go do this, and then your hips do that. And I can kind of see a new wave coming up where people are being like, yeah, hip thrusts, like, why don't we do this with this? Or yes, you know, our hips do move differently. So the wave is coming. It's kind of like an ocean wave, but it's definitely coming. Um, But that was kind of my first training note. And then my second one was... In the last episode, Carla mentioned how she had a memory of her wearing a white gown. And then I didn't even think about it when she said it. But there's, um, this is probably about, um, I was standing, I was working at Victoria's Secret and I was standing in front of the store and all of a sudden I called up a memory. Um, so it's like literally like a memory. Like if you asked me what I ate yesterday and if I said, Oh, I ate, I don't know, like, like, um, five hamburgers or, or yesterday we went out to the Olive Garden or something like that. Like I literally called up a memory and none of my memories are like that. So I think because I called it up, I just dismissed the memory. Um, it wasn't a memory. I guess it was a memory for my body. Um, but I was about to say, it wasn't like one of the ones that like shocked me or anything. It's just interesting because I literally like, called it like up, just like I was like calling up a memory, like, saying, like, hey, yeah, yesterday I had five smoothies and peach iced tea or something like that. And then in this memory, I'm wearing a white gown, right? Just like Carla was. But I'm not signing no soul contract. In my memory, I'm pledging myself to the goddess, which, um, I don't want to go too much into this and take us out of the direction, because you all know I can take us in a ton of different directions, but the goddess, she's actually an element, um, and to some extent, I believe what I'm seeing are elements I'm seeing like I'm trying to figure out what I should include and what I should not but this Sunday I saw yeah I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say the goddess is an element um and at some point I saw her 
climbing the steps, wearing white as well. And I want to give you so much more context to that, but I won't because And I think about trying to think of what's the best way to tie it back because this is kind of one of those episodes where I'm like, do I put out this episode? Do I not put back this episode? And the story behind the University of St. Augustine that I began talking this podcast with is actually a deeper, deeper level to it. So the thing is, I had been pushing and pulling to get into physical therapy school. And I took down the episode that I talked about it, but my childhood was pretty difficult growing up. And I just knew, like, You know, my brothers are there, like, I'm there to ride with them any way I can regardless, but with the youngest one, I knew that with the special needs, it will literally be, like, him and I in terms of, it wouldn't be something where he could, like, grow up and get his own apartment by himself, right? Like, he'll always have to live with someone, right? And so parents are older, and I was like, okay, so, like, we're going to just thug it all out. And, of course, we're all going to do it, like, as a unit, but I just wanted to never let him down because I, like, hated going to the school things and like when and like you see like people in the group homes no that's not gonna happen like that was not gonna happen and them saying like yeah his biggest thing is like when you're in IEP meetings um IEP meetings are essentially like where they tell you like where the kids are and the goals and stuff and like the goal is you want him to push a broom and like no that's not no (laughs) like like capable of doing so much. And also when someone with special needs turns 21, well, first it's 18 and then it's 21, the state changes what they give and what they have available to him. So his whole, my whole thing was making sure that he could always live a life of freedom, right? And I knew there was no question, there's no doubt in my mind that, um, my other two brothers can go out and live that life, but their life of freedom, everything that I want. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, my youngest brother could as well. And I really felt on top of that, just had this drive to get my family out of this difficult situation and generational time trauma and life cycles that just kept on going over and over and over and just repeating itself. And so my goal was physical therapy, right? And it goes even back further from when I first learned about it and everything. 
Um, cause I, well, I first learned about a therapeutic horse farm. It's even before my brother was born and a horse is the only animal that mimics the way a person walks. And so I remember there was this one little boy who had been rendered unable to walk due to a side effect from actually having the polio vaccine and seeing him be able to take his steps for the first time looks like unbelievable. So I did like therapeutic karate and the hypnotherapy and I just I love volunteering at that horse farm and they, I even got to do vaulting to some gymnastics on the horseback and all that different stuff and so like that had been my goal and my dream for such a long time and especially seeing how physical therapy was so beneficial in my own little brother's and my youngest brother's life growing up I wanted to make sure like and like they do so much especially like zero to three um, in terms of special programs that the state's offers. And so I wanted my dream was to do that with other kids. And then when I was at the phys- sports medicine physical therapy clinic, because it worked closely, not just with the NFL, but with lacrosse players, with runners, um, I got to see the training that everyone else like got to do, especially the kids that came from very affluent areas because their families, one, could afford to, and two, looked for that training. And so in my head, I'm like, okay, so how can I equal the training plan in this? How can I equal the training plan within within all of this? Like that was just kind of my thing. Um, just like in a way, I think perhaps, and I can't say for sure, but perhaps I wonder if the state the world is now, because you hear so many people talk about like soul journeys and soul contracts. Um, and you know, in a way myself pledging myself to a God, to the goddess. Well, I don't think that was a part of it, but I think we're essentially trying to break something, a training plan that has been set in motion for a long, long time. And if it seems too big, if it seems like it's too much to take on, if it seems like it's impossible, and I hate to say this because I never told this to my little brothers, but it's actually because it is. It's actually because it is. Like different generations would have had to do things at a certain time point, and it's not to take anything away from them. They've done a ton. Like I was talking to one of my girlfriends and a lot of my friends are older. So she, I don't know how old she is, but she's probably somewhere in her fifties. And she was talking about how, when she was doing, when she used to teach jazzercise, there wasn't even a special, there was a movement, which I freely taught in my classes. I didn't even know it was a, a thing that was labeled in jazzercise. There's a movement that you were unallowed. It was prohibited from doing, I guess if men were in a class, it was prohibited for women to do this movement. And so we have made strides. Think about my mom, think about grandma. Like we have made enormous strides. But overall, also as women, we've also taken ourselves down a lot and we haven't done the healing that needed to be done. We just haven't. And instead, we've kind of dumped it on the one woman's dumped on the next woman who's dumped on the next woman. Like, oh my goodness, y'all, the level I just personally am shamed, slut, sh- shunned, slut shamed by other woman, it's like abused. Woman. It's, it's, it's just, 
I mean, don't get me wrong. It hurts me every single time. It really does. I'm not like this big, strong thing, but trust me, I'm not. (laughs) My body's changing. I'm scared. I'm nervous. I don't have a dang training plan. (laughs) I'm not at like these people at the University of Health, St. Augustine Health Sciences where I can go in and sit down. And I was dreaming of being one. I was dreaming of being one that to the point when my physical therapy dream fell through and after applying for three years, I applied for different things and yeah, and it just, I was waitlisted. Um, but even my circumstances getting in, I never had a shooting chance to get in. I never had a shooting chance because it's impossible to get in with everything that I was juggling at the time. And I won't even go into the detail, but now I can see that there, I don't, it's impossible. You can't. And so you can't, and then I wasn't able to. And so when this orthopedic thing came along, I thought, well, this is my break. This is a way to make sure not only could I help my family, but like, cause it's going to be my little brother and I rocking to the end, my youngest brother and I, well, all my brothers, but like, I said, he's the one that I knew that would always have to live with someone. And so believe me when I say, even if it sounds like like I love them all equally, I solely, solely do. And so I thought, so it's expensive to pay for his medical equipment and diapers and everything that he'll need the rest of his life. So I think I found something where like I'll be able to do that. And, um, okay, this is going to get a little bit deep. I just, I remember driving down the highway and laughing because for my interview and laughing out loud because I was like, wow, this is what it feels like. All those storms I went through, and I'm, I'm not talking about the storms in this episode, but all the storms I went through and I actually... Like life is getting to giving me a shot. Life is giving me a chance. I'm pretty sure I even danced in the hotel room. Like I was like, wow, this is what it feels like. And I gave everything to applying, like I said, to every scholarship I could to get in there. Um, same thing that just like for my physical therapy dream before, like I remember, so I was raped in college by someone I knew and my whole thing had been running, right? Like I would love to run. This didn't happen to me while I was, while I was running. I knew this I knew this person, but um, running is how it always de-stress, but unfortunately hurt me so bad I couldn't run anymore. And so every step that I took, I could feel the pain of the rip, of the ripping, right? So for every step, I remember literally saying to myself like, we're going to get out of this situation. Your family is going to be okay. Like this is going to be worth it. You're going to reach your dreams. You're going to reach your goals. Like it's going to happen. And like you're going to get out of this. And I never made it to physical therapy school. I never made it to physician's assistant school. And I think I just need to just record that app just for just just push record sometimes you know um because 
I understand why women aren't made like this anymore. But we once were. We once were. And that's what I'm uncovering. It doesn't take strength. Believe me, hon, I don't have any strength left. It doesn't take a training plan. I thought I needed one. I looked here and there. It doesn't take a training plan because dark nights without guidance. A few people stood with me. I'm so grateful. Many more walked away. I'm so grateful. But there, even the people that stood with me, like there's still no training plan for what and who I am. Like, I know it's been hard for them, too. Like, what do, like, we love her? Like, what do we do? But what it does take, it doesn't take sex appeal, because you better believe I haven't been sexy as hell at all on this journey. <laughs> I've been doing it crying, not together, with strangers, and sometimes people I love taking horrible advantage of me. Um, it doesn't take bravery because I didn't have any bravery left. Like people's, especially men's eyes were like almost rolling up into their heads and they're going crazy, fucking me for their energy. It doesn't take sanity because girl, I'm definitely insane by now. <laughs> it takes courage. Courage to love yourself when you're different. Courage to love yourself as you stand out. And courage to go into your body and discover the body of a goddess who's breathing inside. The goddess isn't a person or a place, but a training plan of being God-anointed, orgasmic, dazzling, delicate, exotic, and sensually sexy in your body. A woman's hips move differently. A woman's body is shaped after the goddess entirely. Her lips strip with champagne. Her eyes are Aphrodite. She sees with the eyes of Aphrodite. Her hair flows whether it's a long or short, it just has this special Shekinah flow and fall to the way it shapes itself around her face. Her breasts are in the shape of Oshun. Even her, from her arms, which are in the shape of Lolita Horse and door, the goddess of 10,000 feminine universes. The way she breathes, moves in her body, 
see, at the end of the day, it wasn't, it's about, like, I used to sell fitness plans and training plans, and now what I sell are plans for the vibration that's underneath your body, the vibration that we as women have been slut-shamed and shunned, exploited for generations. When you open up this vibration, all you see is this pure innocence, this pure, innocent vibration of your body. You know, sometimes I can see different things and I can see people like when a woman's vibrations in pain, it allows other vibrations to get into her body. And until now, that's been the play. Until now, that's all that it's been about. I remember when I was creating the Underneath Your Lingerie plan, the first original one called Goddess Wings, there was this meditation that I was going to do and I lost myself into the meditation and I realized for the first time that my body was actually a lot bigger than I realized. It was literally like all around me and I'm, it was just shocked me. And I think we've been told so many things have happened to our bodies. I won't go into deep to this one, but in this day it hasn't because we haven't been in our bodies. <laughs> That's the one thing I definitely learned from teaching pole dancing, exotic dance classes is like how like many of us is when we aren't in our bodies. I know I wasn't. I definitely know I wasn't. Carla talks about when you go through something religious, you either go become hypersexual or super disconnected from your body. And for me, it was super disconnected from my body. And so Yes, I was this personal trainer, this exercise science person. No pain, no gain. <laughs> Tears are love kisses to your body. Right? Pain is a weakness leaving your body. I never knew, and um, as vulnerable it is to share the different changes are happening with my body at the same time it also helps me and I don't know that it helps me to share but um I'm sharing because I'm learning more of me and I'm having the courage to do it in these spaces because I don't want another woman to look in the mirror the way that I used to and still sometimes do and be so uncertain and have this feeling of like so much just ugliness and not connecting with our body. Like, I think we were born in a world where we knew things. Someone, something, whether it's God, the universe, God has knew things would be hard. And so they wanted to give us a body to always remember that when we walked out, we would have a space to feel beautiful in. And so that's all I want to do is to give ourselves their power back as women, to give ourselves a training plan that was cut to us as bodies, to unearth this health sciences for women. Boy, do I wish I had been one of the 
training courses and educational programs that I had been dreaming of instead of the one that I'm literally having to rep out now. And because I'm going to have to rep out now, I've been playing with this podcast thing because um, there's some seriously dark things kind of happening behind the scenes and I haven't really known what to do. And so I've been like, okay, so if I record this podcast and that's a way to keep it consistent because I know consistency is key from training, right? Consistency is key with anything just related, showing up. Um, and it helps me. It helps me a reminder to take a breath and connect within my body. But at the same time, I have to really kind of acknowledge like how in danger I really am. And I don't really have that many places to turn, kind of used up. Um, kind of alone. Um, and that's not to say, and I, and, and it's not to say like people aren't trying everything that they can. Um, but y'all like, I hope to never have to tell you the stories that I'm living now. And I also hope no woman ever has to go through it. So And I don't, and I feel like I'm sounding like a victim here. So I definitely don't want to feel like I'm sounding like a victim. Um, but the thing is, I never chose this journey. <laughs> I'm literally an everyday person. And when I went on this trip to Texas, something woke up within my body. And by the time I, several years later, I landed in Arizona, one of my girlfriend's we kind of like, we hadn't seen each other in 19 years. And so we just kind of slid our arms through each other. And she's like, Jasmine, your body's vibrating. Which is, I was like, oh, I know. But though I didn't really know that my body was vibrating. <laughs> and it does. And my body literally vibrates. And she smells like sex and she didn't before. <laughs> And she's alive and she talks to me and she's scared. <laughs> and I'm scared too because I don't know how the hell to protect her. <laughs> and weird things keep on happening. And I keep on just taking another step and asking for help and being beyond grateful for my containers that I do have. You know, whenever I do call my guy, yesterday I was speak to my little brother and just, yeah. And Justin always likes, that's when my little brother Justin always likes, okay, this we're here, we're here. I'll speak to my other little brother and speak to my friends and my family members and, you know, but y'all, it's lonely. <laughs> it is so lonely and it's so scary and so there might be patches where I'm unable to come up to the podcast, but just know that I love you and I find your courage in your journey wherever you are as another inspiration I draw from that for mine. So that's it. Um, 
And just as much I don't know what to do, I do know what to do right now, and that's to get off the podcast and pull my chicken out of the oven. Because here's the thing. I went without chicken for like one week. I feel like I have had enough chicken. I cannot stand it. Lasted one week, and I switched to other protein methods, and I was like, I need some chicken in my life. So my chicken's being meal prepped downstairs, and I'm off to go eat it. <laughs> Love you. Have the courage. And now I'm proud. I'm proud of you.